Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads. Stand by for action. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. That's right, it's Eddie's Launch Pads. We're back again. We've got Mr. Al Kingsley. Welcome to the show, Al. Hello, hello. Lovely to be here, Dave and Eddie. My School and Multi Academy Trust Growth Guide. Can you tell us a little bit about it, please? I can. Most importantly, it's it's green with a little cartoon of me on the front. I mean, what more do you need to know, really, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I'm very lucky, as you know, because we've worked together for, for many years. I'm involved in education, lots of different levels. Um, and last year, I did a guide in terms of school governance, which was really about just bringing the questions together and get people talking about the kinds of challenge and support we need to be thinking about in our schools. And then over the last couple of years, there's been a real shift of narrative, in, initially from a white paper that the government issued, which was really looking at our future school landscape. Uh, and because of probably some of the pressures in the pandemic and trying to look forward thinking, much of that guidance was around what would be um, sustainable multi-academy trusts um, and looking at really saying that for many schools, you need to get to an estate, as they would refer to, of either 10 schools or 7,500 students to have the kind of financial strength and economies of scale to be efficient and sustainable as a as a trust or a cluster of schools and there's quite a bit of sense in that but what probably got a lot of people a little bit more concerned was the idea of and you've got to do that by 2030 now that white paper didn't materialize into a government bill that means everything has to follow that path but it does still absolutely drive the department for education and the long-term planning aspirations that we will be focused on delivering growth across our schools and when we think about growth and we think about our schools, we then start thinking, actually, we're not in the UK in a system where everybody is working to the same hymn sheet and the same trajectory. So on one level, we've got lots of different schools. We've got faith schools. We've got local authority schools. We've got independent schools. We've got multi-academy trusts. And actually, the most common academies are SATs, single academy trusts. And the landscape for academy trusts, we all think of as being perhaps for many, a big behemoth of collections and clusters of schools. But the vast majority are small. Two to five schools um, is by far the most common multi-academy trust. Now, we might all have our view on scale and size and big, does that mean better? And I would always argue that actually local focused and actually knowing the people within your mat is quite an important thing. Um, but the guide really that I wrote, and it's called very creatively, Dave, you'll love this. A lot of research went into it. My school and multi-academy trust growth guide. I mean, I really had to think about that long and hard, but say as it is, that's the easiest way. It's a bit of a Ron Seal moment there. 
other brands available, of course. That's what it says on the tin. Um, what I wanted to do was sit down and talk about the questions that the board of governors, trustees, senior leadership in a school should be asking themselves. It's how to think about what their options for growth were, what the different pathways were. We all know we could um, add nursery provision, extend our pan and have a few more students in the school, add a sixth form if we're a secondary school without one. But then we start talking about the am I a local authority school that looks for a good mat to join that aligns on our values and ethos? Or am I a cluster of local authority schools that might want to join and create a mat ourselves? Am I a small mat that might want to join a big mat? And then absolutely, and very much firsthand in the way that Dogsthorpe Infants joined Hampton Academies Trust, both parties need to be a win-win. And you need to make sure that it's not a case of the, the bigger entity comes to gobble up the little one, but actually it benefits and values from the skills and experiences from each stakeholder. So those kind of questions, sometimes they're all floating around in our head, but we don't actually really break them down and have a formal session each year to look at our strategy, think about the questions, think about the pathways and which ones are available to us, and then start thinking about the risks versus the opportunities. What are the, the net benefits to us as a school? Uh, how can we measure impact and evidence it, which is always really important? What kind of models can we use for delivering change? And there's different ways that we can introduce change. As always, the human factor is key. How do we actually bring everybody along on the journey rather than kicking and screaming? Um, how do we reflect on our capacity? So maybe our aspiration is we've got two schools and we want 22. That's a big leap, but nonetheless, that's a bad example, but we'll run with it. Um, maybe I want to therefore jump up over the next X years. Well, actually, with my capacity, how many schools could I realistically bring on at any one time without affecting the quality and standards of my existing two schools? So it might be my aspiration is 22, but actually I've only got the capacity in the short term to have one school a year join us to make sure we've got the right due diligence and onboarding and support that's required. Um, maybe I'm a sponsor status academy like Hampton Academy's Trust, where potentially a school that needs support needs to join. And that would therefore use more capacity than perhaps a brand new build school where you've only got one year cohort to start with. Uh, and one of the things that was really important was, was recognizing that we don't have all the answers. So it was also a really good catalyst to meet with lots of school leaders, MAT leaders um, around the country um, and actually a bit of a give and take. I went along to help facilitate their 360 review of their mat. And in doing so, I was able to magpie their experiences, what worked well for them, what didn't work well for them, and use that so that actually the guide becomes the experiences and reflections of many schools all around the country. Nationally, we think of academies now being the majority, well over sort of 70% of secondaries and maybe about half of primaries. But it's not quite as black and white as that. If you're up in the northeast of the country, almost all of the primary schools are still local authority. If you head down to the south coast and Brighton, they're almost all academized. So it's different by context and might be very different if you're a rural school where the academy you're joining isn't just around the corner, but could be 50 miles away. So there are lots of other considerations, but it's a real consolidation of lots of other people's advice, experiences, and lots of checklists, questions to ask, how to go through the process. If you end up answer being we're fine as we are, good on you. Every school's different. If you come to the answer that actually we would benefit from being part of something bigger, 
then it sets out the questions to think about, about finding the right and appropriate partner and what kind of timescale and due diligence process you might want to undertake. In my books, I try and make a point of posing the questions, not the answers. Now, that might seem like a cop-out, but if we genuinely believe that every school is different, it would be totally wrong for me to say, my recommendation, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing with your cohort, is that you should become an academy in September. The most important thing is to signpost the different routes to growth, the choices available to you, the questions you should consider, and then collectively as a leadership team of your school or trust, you can form your own decisions. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I try and empower people. I think that's it. I mean, I've tried to structure it. So there's checklists, there's pages that you can literally make your notes, doodle on, tick as you go along. Um, but it empowers the conversation. There's far more gain from our cluster of schools working together yeah, than there is as individual schools. Yeah. But at the same time, if all of our schools were very geographically diverse and we all had different types of experiences, maybe we wouldn't be a good fit. So you can't assume. And I mm. think that's why that process of alignment is as much about as do we as people have the same value, the same aspirations. Um, and that, sense of being a net capacity giver i don't think any school should join a mat if they think the mat's doing them a favor mm. it mm. absolutely has to be that the mat's saying we're going to really benefit from this school joining us and the school thinks we're going to benefit from joining mm. them and then it ticks the boxes so if you can't get enough ticks in the box pause there's no race now if people want to get your your latest book your best-selling author now no less on amazon i looked I on the other day i couldn't believe swoosh. it i got a swoosh can you believe a swoosh for governance? Well, <laughs> you've got to get your swooshes when you can, brother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you want to get a copy of the book, mm -hmm. I'll probably head to the nearest car boot sale. They'll be available for 25 pence. <laughs> Don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> at, at the time of going live on this podcast. No, they're available from, I hope, it's, it's certainly be available on Amazon and like um, the series. They're all available in good bookshops. So you can order a copy, get them on Amazon, might be available in your local library. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I they're, they're intended to be relatively low cost. Keep it simple. Uh, for many schools, buy a copy, stick it in the school library or the staff library and, and share it about. Well, you've, you've averaged one book a year for the last three years, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, for somebody who said I'm never going to write a book and then wrote one and thought that's it, never again, um, I, I'm a sucker for, I think it's like most things, you know, you have to kind of be motivated. And, and when I did my last book on governance, I thought, well, that's me done. There's nothing else interesting I can share. But then every time I went to an event or a conference, people were asking um, on the back of the governance presentations I was doing, what about growth? What about the white paper? What about joining other schools? What are the pitfalls? What should we be thinking about? And so in effect, it kind of came out of the conversations from from my, my governance handbook. Um, at this point, I can't think of anything interesting anybody would want to know that I could share. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a fourth book, but I can't imagine it'll be next there, year. There, there better be, because there's for the last three years, when it's my wife's birthday, it's given me an excellent <laughs> opportunity to buy her an extra present. So I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I'll have to, I'll have to go into the jewelry store, or something. <laughs> well, I, I apologise because that might be a slightly more expensive process. But <laughs> as always, Dave, I very much appreciate your support with well, my. Uh, uh, 
with my musings. Well, it's it's wonderful to have you on the Launchpad as always. Uh, do come back and 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 to meet us again soon because you're you're a joy to know. And thank you for all you do, not just in Peterborough. You do a lot of work right across the country. And uh, thanks on behalf of a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people will be nodding nodding to this. Um, thank you for all you do, Al. You're amazing. My pleasure. And likewise, Dave. Now, our next guest. Uh, we're not going to finish as usual with just one guest. We've got two guests for you today. We've got a, an old friend back onto the show. His name is Richard, and he's from Plantlet Culture. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you very much. Thank you for for the welcome and uh, inviting me back. It's, it's good to see everyone. Now, uh, you featured, I think it was just over a year ago, you featured on Eddie's Launchpads, and, and it was really good to get you on the show and hear about all the, the wonderful things you offer families, uh, home teachings, home teachers and schools with your uh, wonderful resources. Just for those who missed the show and uh, listeners, do go back in and find Plantlet Culture. If you go scroll, thing, I think we were in, uh, I think you appeared in season three going by. Yes. It's either to season yeah, two or season three. Yeah. So go back and have a look, listeners, and you will find uh, Richard's show there. Listen to what he's got to say. But for those uh, of our listeners who've not yet heard of you, Richard, what exactly do you offer? Uh, well, we, we specialize in commercial micropropagation, uh, but we've also been a, a STEM ambassador for, for over 20 years. Um, so I, I suppose before COVID, we would, we would go into schools and we'd show the students how to grow a plant in a test tube, growing in gel rather than soil. Uh, and this allows students to observe how roots and leaves and stems grow. Uh, and then when your plant gets too big for the tube, you can plant it outside and, and there's other activities you can, you can do with a test tube. So that, that's kind of where, where, where we are. Um, uh, through the lockdown, we then started selling a lot of kits on, on Etsy. And that's predominantly uh, what we do for to, to help with with STEM at the moment. And it's and it is not just just about um, growing things in school. It is for people who home teach and for families. You know, if there's grandparents out there who want to, uh, you know, got got a grandchild who perhaps you like to do things, uh, sort of uh, grow things in the shed and and all sorts of things like that. Here's something that's really really good, very colourful and uh, really exciting. Now, Richard, you've got. Uh, I noticed on on social media you have got a, a, a special Christmas offer going, haven't well, you? Well, we have. What what we've done is it, it was quite a, quite a challenge to fit all the equipment you need for the experiment. Um, into, into a box but we we managed to do it and it's a it's one of those letterbox style uh boxes so it, it goes through the postal system really well uh we send all our kits first class signed for by royal mail uh but of course with this one i think they'll just snap a photo rather than having a signature pop it through the door and as as, as everyone gets busier near christmas uh it's good to know that yes you won't have to go to a the depot and collect any parcel it should just fit most most letter boxes <laughs> um so, but uh but yeah so in, in the kit uh you get the the tubes of gel you get all the instructions uh the, the the soapy water to wash your seeds tweezers um everything you need and then within about 48 hours your your seed starts to germinate and in the kit you can choose either peas or beans or sunflowers depending which one you would like. And we, we've gone for some real uh, traditional 
kind of old style varieties. There's 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 one which dates back to the 1800s, just 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 for interest, really. Um, and then when, like I say, when when your plant gets too big uh, for the test tube, uh, you can plant it outside, you know, in in, in compost in soil. Uh, what we have also done is we, each test tube has a growing scale along the side, and that allows students to uh, to measure the leaves and roots and stems as they grow. And people plot it on graphs, and it's 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 really good to get the maths in there as well. Mm. And it's great. It's great fun to do, isn't it, for parents and grandparents to do. Oh, I actually visited a family uh, this summer who had got a um, a sunflower growing in their garden, and their little one just loved it. You know, going out there and measuring it and seeing how tall it is now, and knowing that it had grown, and that's the excitement. As we we said in the your original show on your original launch pad. Um, that excitement, uh, and I can remember when I I had a beam behind a bit of uh, wet <laughs> wet toilet roll or something, oh. and watching <laughs> and watching it burst into life. How exciting that was! And then, definitely, definitely, I I did the same when I was at school. The broad bean on tissue paper, and really, it's a modern day version of that. Um, the big advantage with the gel is you don't need to water. Uh, the, the, there's all the moisture. The, the seed needs to germinate in the gel uh, so a lot easier to, to look after uh, and also the gel really quickens up the process like I say peas normally ger germination happens in 48 hours by about day 10 you can probably plant out if, if you would like um, or I've seen people keep them in the tubes take the lid off at that point you would have to add a little bit of water uh, but they've been 30, 40 centimetres higher than the tube. You know, they've left wow. them in and they're quite, they're quite happily. Um, all I would say, I suppose the sunflower variety is, is an F1 hybrid. So it's, um, it grows to about half a metre. Um, and with sunflowers, I suppose you want a nice straight stem, don't you? So you probably, you know, and they are very quick as sunflowers. I would say after day three, you probably want to be taking out the tube. Uh, otherwise, when it hits the top of the lid, that might make the, the stem less straight. So, yeah. mm, Well, there we are. Wise advice, listeners. Um, and no doubt all of the instructions come with the with whatever you choose. All the instructions are included. And then what we've also done for Christmas here, there's some Christmas, there's a Christmas bag. There's some some tags. There's a, some Christmas stickers and little clips. And of uh, hang on, hang on. I've lost your audio. Uh, what about now? Are we okay? Okay, we've got it now. We've got it back. I don't, know, it back. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. So, can we go from your? Can you remember what the question was? Uh, so everything's in the kit. Yep. So yeah, um, everything's in the kit. Uh, everything you need, the instructions. Uh, but then what we've also added to the box is a Christmas a Christmas bag, a tag, some Christmas stickers. Um, so it is a complete package so when it arrives uh either if you're distant gifting and you want it sent to 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 the receiver or if you receive it and you quickly you know bag it up and it's all it's all in there for you so uh, uh we're, we're very pleased with it but it's very limited i think we sold a couple over a weekend we've only got about 18 now um right so plenty of kits but we we we've managed to get these christmas bags um 
So, yeah, you have to be quick. Okay, there you go, <laughs> listeners. Be be quick. Um, but if, even if you miss out on the Christmas bags, um, they, they do. They, this company does great, great resources, and I'm and I'm sure they'll have plenty of kits to uh, for to get get involved. So here's something for you to to think about as we go to Christmas. And I'm I'm guessing that some of these are are um, seasonal, are they? You can only do them at certain times in the year. Oh uh, well, uh, no, we've got plenty of kits, uh, uh, but yeah, th- th- this this year this experiment you can do any time of year because it's inside. Um, of course, if you want to uh, grow the plant on outside, then peas are pretty hardy. You know, peas fairly frost resistant. You could probably plant those out in February next year, and they'll be fine. Um, beans slightly later. Sunflowers, yeah, you probably want to be more March, April time really. For, so, but the 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 kit itself has a shelf life of a year so there's there's no rush it makes a good gift and um uh, yeah um hmm. fantastic well, where can people go to get get hold of your uh, your your resources um, look, we only sell them on etsy um so um best places to go, go there you can see our feedback we've got over 100 five star reviews now um so <laughs> <laughs> we're very pleased with that. Uh, it's great to see you know, people upload their own photos of how their plants grow, and it's, it's great. It's good fun to see. Great. Well, uh, there you are, then, folks. As as we've only got a few weeks to Christmas now, so I thought I'll get Richard onto the show to offer you this wonderful opportunity. Eddie agrees. Thank you for your time today, Richard. You're very welcome. Thank you again for the invitation. Sadly, another Launchpad episode has come to an end. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. 